Okay, so this is really aimed um, at entrepreneurs and business owners that have got a bit stuck in their business. To be honest, we've spoken about this before from a previous podcast that visibility is credibility. Mm. So anybody who really wants to take their business seriously and scale it, they need to overcome the reason why they're hiding and having a lack of visibility. Welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast with business strategist, speaker and author, Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hi, Gavin here, episode 62. Welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast. Um, in this episode, I actually demonstrate the use of one of the models I use as a lens through which to look at my clients' businesses. So within my six-step business growth model, the Strategy Compass, step four is about strategy, the how. And within that, I use a number of like business, business school strategy models as lenses to look at the business. So in this episode, we bring Tracy Cornelius back on, and she's looking to um, launch a new product in the new year. And I take the values discipline model, and we use that as a lens to look at her new offering. And you will hear how we come up with new ideas to enhance and improve her offering as a result of the insights that we get from applying the values discipline model to her new product. So you will hear a, a live client discussion, if you like, um, and me applying a business model that I use regularly in order to provide distinctions. As you listen through, you'll be able to look at the, your business through the lens of the values discipline model. Tracy, welcome back to the Business Mastermind podcast, uh, back by popular demand. Now, uh, before you go into explaining and reminding listeners, particularly if they haven't heard the earlier episode, who is Tracy Cornelius, um, I'm going to set a frame about what this session is going to be about. So this is going to be like a mini coaching session around two stages of my six-stage business growth model, the strategy compass. So uh, we're going to be looking at stages four four and five, but more of that in a a few minutes. Firstly, Tracy, just remind everybody, in case they haven't heard you here on the podcast before, who you are, what you do, and actually what your podcast is. Yeah, thank you. Hi, Gavin. Thanks very much for having me back. I'm really excited about this particular episode that we're doing. So my name is Tracy Cornelius. I am a business mentor and mindset coach. I also run Women Rocking Business podcast, and I tend to help uh, business owners and entrepreneurs to grow and scale their business. And one of the things that I'm really excited about in this particular episode is, as Gavin said, he's going to go through um, parts of his coaching strategy and really help at the very beginning stages of one of the products that I'm actually um, putting together at the moment. So yeah, you're going to like listen in. Let Listen in on a live yeah, coaching session. Yeah, be the fly on the wall. <laughs> so Tracy is literally at early planning stages of a new product that she wants to launch for her customer base. And mm. we thought it would be really good when you're at this formative stage for to give you a sneaky peek, so to speak, about what the Strategy Compass model is that I use to help grow and scale businesses and, of course, people that are watching and listening to the podcast. So let me just kind of like talk through and I will yes. try to remember that I'll be using my hands and that I'll have to explain my hand gestures as I'm going. <laughs> 
so everybody listening will get it. So there are oh, six. I'm steps. a gesticulator as yeah. well, so Good to be. <laughs> it makes great for, we, for we, audio, we, doesn't it? We, we we makes perfect for audio as we extend our thinking outside of our bodies with our hands. So the six steps of the strategy compass. I want you to picture a compass, and in the heart of the compass, and in in the in the, in the circular centre of a compass. If you had the top half, the northern hemisphere, that's about purpose. Why are you doing what you're doing? Who are you doing it for? Who are you serving? Ultimately, what's the difference you want to make with your product, your service in the world, in the lives of your customers and the knock-on effect to other people that they may well touch, such as their customers. So almost like your North Star, that Northern Hemisphere in the center of the compass is purpose, why are you doing what you do? The Southern mm-hmm. Hemisphere, the Southern half of that center is all about mindset and the single biggest thing that I've seen the difference when I'm working with people to help shift the trajectory of growth of a business is mindset. And sometimes, you know, I have a whole set of processes that I do about that, but sometimes it's as simple as holding the space of the belief that it is possible. And when people in the business and the team say, no, it's not, and I'll go, watch me, it is, and we can achieve a massive uplift in results. So second mm-hmm. purpose, number two, mindset. Number three, we're looking then, your your compass now is pointing due north and, uh, and it's pointing to outcome. In other words, where are you heading and what is the outcome that you want to achieve? So in this case, from the launch, what's, what are the goals, what are the results you want to achieve from the launch of this product? Then the easterly point is strategy. It's the how. And this is step four of six. And what we're going to do is I'm going to explain and take you through one of the models that I use as a lens through which to look at your business and particularly this product and to help you understand the implications of the insights to get from that in terms of how you develop out the offering. Mm-hmm. And then the southerly point is capability. And if you want to grow your business, you need to build the capability. You need to set the foundations for that growth, that capability to scale. And there are a number of steps there. So we're going to have a dive into the capability to scale piece. And then finally, yeah. step six, action and accountability. And um, we all need that in life. But I also know from the conversations that we had that once you're the kind of character that once you lock on to delivering something, you make it happen. So I don't, yeah. think, I don't think the action accountability piece is that much of an area that requires focus in your case. <laughs> so awesome. do you want to describe initially what your ideas, your early thoughts are about, A, the product you want to launch, but what you yeah. want it to achieve for your customers? Yeah, absolutely. So the product in itself is increase your visibility with confidence. The outcome that I am helping people to achieve is to feel comfortably uncomfortable, to get them to being in front of the camera, to being in front of people, um, and to have got a succinct message that they can deliver that will have impact and the result that they are looking for for their company. And as the person delivering or preparing this course, how will you know that one of your customers, one of your uh, participants has gone through this course, how will you know that they've ticked the boxes of achievement from your course? How do you know that they've got the right, the desired result? Yeah, so by the end of it, everybody will have done um, a live. Okay. And succinctly been able to do the live, as in like, you know, that <gasps> before they kind of do it to actually delivering it and making sure that they got the points across that they knew that they wanted to do prior to, <laughs> to that little red button flashing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. 
um, so yeah, so luckily this one actually has quite a specific outcome. And then once they've um, finished that actual um, day's course, it's then perfecting that and mastering that from there on. Great, fantastic. And so in terms, how is, just explain about the delivery. Is it all going to be online? Is it all going to be digital? Is it going to be a combination no, of face-to-face? No, it's all face-to-face. Face. Yeah. So, um, th- and this has been quite important for me. So the initial part, so the testing, if you like, um, and I'm a huge believer that we do need to test our, our products and services before they go out to the masses. So the first initial tests, um, it's all face-to-face, very small groups, because I also use a thing called EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique. Oh, yeah. So if there are people that have got self-sabotaging behaviors that may have come from real emotional traumas as to why they don't want to be seen, then I can help them to overcome that. Great. And that really needs to be done in quite a intimate environment. For sure. And that's one of the reasons why it was so important for me that this was actually a face-to-face workshop as well. And how many people will be on the workshop? Six. Great. Love that. Nice close intimate yeah. group where people are going to get the full uh, level of personal attention and the, the support of being going through the process with other people absolutely and you want that in this particular um circumstance we want it to be intimate enough that people can feel that they can open up and be honest about how they feel without the fear of judgment great and so when like somebody comes days. out of the experience two days one day yeah one one day when somebody yeah. finishes this one day program with you how do yes. you want them to be feeling as they walk out the door oh like they never thought that they were going to be able to achieve it and they've walked out doing it Fantastic. so there's that sense of achievement elation also that sense of it really wasn't as bad as they originally thought it was going to be sure um i think all of that as a package is exactly what i'm hoping to achieve fantastic so uh, just even in those questions, of course, I've been eliciting some of the outcomes that you want to achieve as a program for six, what you want them to be feeling, what you want them as they finish, but also eliciting uh, a deliverable, a live, is a, is a key outcome of what you want to achieve by that. And you would like six people. And I know you're super early, super early in the kind of time frame of planning around this, but if yeah. you had kind of a soft launch date to aim for in, in your prep to sharpen yeah. focus when would you be wanting to get to be running the first one of these um in january in january beginning middle or end obviously is a it's actually within the first two weeks of january first two weeks what a strong start to the year that would be okay cool yeah love that right so let's just go across to the strategy piece the strategy is the how so you want to get six people there on the course presumably they're going to come down to delightful devon they are indeed brilliant and so uh and you're going to uh provide a beautiful uh environment for them for the day and you're going to be practicing the time in front of the camera i'm i'm hallucinating the experience but um obviously uh selling it as well for you but i'm I'm already thinking (laughs) this is going to be a really great day uh who do you want to aim it to okay so this is really aimed um at entrepreneurs and business owners that have got a bit stuck in their business to be honest, we've spoken about this before from a previous podcast that visibility is credibility. Mm. So anybody who really wants to take their business seriously and scale it, they need to overcome the reason why they're hiding and having a lack of visibility. Okay. So entrepreneurs, business owners who want to grow up and scale, have you got in yeah. mind the ideal sort of customer avatar in terms of the size of their business, how many employees they might have? Yeah. See, this one is... Um, 
and I completely understand where we're going with this because obviously I do this too. Um, and I've really struggled with this part because it's very varied because a lot of the people that I've met, I'll give you an example. I've met a CEO of an extremely successful company that has um, an employment of over 150 staff um, is globally around the UK and yet they have this problem. Um, so it's kind of aimed as much as them because now they're stuck in their personal brand. So we've spoken a little bit before about personal brand and they want to build their personal brand. So they've got this company brand, but then have stumbled on personal brand. So that's like one end of the scale. It's like really kind of high caliber. And then I've got the other end of the scale where you've got somebody that's been in business for around about two years. Um, that's just probably got to the outsourcing stage rather than the, even the employing stage. Um, and yet they really know that they need to get their company and their personal brand out there a lot more so there's like such a <laughs> in between this is the part that I everything else I feel is very very synced and very tight and yet the customer avatar I feel like is a little still a little bit loose okay we can maybe uh, tighten up on that as we jump into this model so the model that I one of the um, I have kind of like four steps that I, I look at under the how, under the strategy piece. First of all, yep. it's, I use a e, the four letters E, G, S for Sierra, D for Delta. And E mm-hmm. being establishing the landscape, like that's your typical SWOT analysis, trends, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, uh, trends. Yeah. And also tools like PESTL, looking at what's going on in your political environment, your economic environment, social, legal, technical, and environmental. Um, so I, I'll look at so what what's going on strategically in the space in which you operate and work in. So yeah. we're not going to dive into that, but just as a bit of a narrative around that in the space that we're talking about, the growth of the importance of social media as a medium for communication and for personality, important to build a personal brand as well as the product brand and the company brand. People have to be more yeah. visible. and Actually, they have to be more visible on video. Yeah. So given that trend, tick, mm-hmm. you've got a product to address that, which is a big tick. So that's the establishing the landscape. G yeah. I use for guiding principles, and I use three models as lenses through which to look at your business. And I'm only going to pick up one of those, which is um, a, a business, uh, the, the product of a sort of couple of business school professors called Tracy, T-R-E-A-C-Y, and uh, Weisma. And um, it's called the values discipline, and I'm a fan of this, and, I, and I've applied it many times in, in, in the last sort of decade or so, because I think it really works. So what it says is that if you want to truly create value with your product or service, there's one, yeah. there's three axes that you could play on, but not all three at once. So um, they're kind of like, and if, if you imagine it, it, it to be like um, a Mercedes emblem in terms of their logo, uh, yeah. In the center, the, the one that kind of goes vertically north is the product is a product leadership. So you could be a product leader. So examples mm-hmm. of a product leadership com- companies like Emirates, um, Tesla, Apple, well, maybe not as much recently, but certainly have been for the last decade, Apple, um, Mercedes. So these organizations are seen to invest, have to invest a huge amount in R&D, and their products are seen to be out there in terms of innovation, technological development, advancement, and leaders in the marketplace. Or Emirates might be um, in terms of the development, in terms of their experience for the customer as a product leader in that market space. So that's product leadership. the what the sort of the the bottom sort of arm um, is one of the two is operational excellence. So this is low mm. 
lowest cost of delivery. So their systems are really, really f- uh, slick. Their uh, it's, it's speed of delivery. It's low cost provision in a marketplace. So yeah. Amazon is an operationally excellent organization. You press buy now, and the uh, the stuff that you bought arrives on your doorstep next day, or in some cases within a few hours. Um, yeah. Ryanair, like them or not, uh, is an operationally excellent business. The only way mm-hmm. they can offer such cheap tickets is being super efficient in their processes. So then you say that's two of the three axes that you can deliver value, create value. The third one is customer intimacy. And it first yeah. level that is um, simply really good customer service, which is becoming more and more a frontier for differentiation now and customer experience. But if it's furthest extent, it's around truly bespoking. So that might be your own tailor-made Savile Row suit. It could be your um, personal concierge service creating an amazing experience for you. Or if you're in the realms of being able to hire charter private jets, then it could be your own private jet charter to take you from place A to B of your choice. But that's a truly bespoke. So operationally excellent, pilot high, sell it cheap, huge volumes, low margin. Customer intimate, uh, high customer service, low volume, high margin, product leadership, you've got usually high margin because you need that to fund the R&D, but you have got no bespoking. Now, the aim, the studies around the model is you need to get to industry threshold standards on each of those three. There's no good in having a fantastic product if your supply chain doesn't deliver. Yep. Or there's no good of having a fantastic product and your supply chain doesn't deliver and then your custom service leaves a lot to be required. There's an obvious yeah. example of what I made reference to, but I'm not going to say make a past <laughs> comment on that. It's a different, <clears throat> it's a, it's a different uh, topic. So an example, let's say for the last 10 years, Apple have been up there in product leadership. Before te- the 10 years or, or 15 years ago, their supply chain wasn't great. So they had product leadership, but they didn't have the operational excellence. They've got both of those now. Two of the three. So the aim is you hit industry threshold standards on all, but you want to get to industry excellence standards at one, ideally two of the three. So you can be a product leader and say operationally excellent, industry excellence standard, but you cannot go to Apple to get your own truly bespoke, blinged up iPhone. There are aftermarket providers that can give you, you know, 24 karat gold, whatever diamond studded iPhone, but you can't get that from Apple. So. As we think about, as, as I've explained that and um, hopefully try to paint a picture in your mind of without being able to physically draw it in front of you, um, where do you think in terms of the experience you're uh, training you're going to be, visibility with, increase your visibility with confidence, which of those three axes do you think will be the primary one in which you will add a value? Probably product um, leadership, I would have said. Um, even though it is quite a bespoke, it's not personally bespoke. Um, so it wouldn't necessarily fit into that category. There is obviously a lot of systemization that, that happens, but that's more behind the scenes. So um, that comes so to the piece about, around scaling it. I, I, I think um, yeah. it's product leadership, but I also think in terms of the experience that you will create, there is an element mm-hmm. of customer intimacy in there as well. So, for example, yeah. if I come along and I'm a, I'm a participant on your program and I have a particular challenge around something and then you then use um, um, emotional freedom technique, EFT, yeah. with me, you're doing a one-on-one bespoke thing for me to address a particular issue. 
Yes. So you... Yeah, and that's true. And it, it's interesting. Yes, I see what you mean. Um, and I, I agree with that. It's interesting, though, because from my perspective, and this is probably just down to experience, I work one-to-one with that client on that particular issue. And usually you'll find that there's numerous other people that have the same issue. So then it becomes part of the group. Absolutely. Yeah. Which, and that's why it's so powerful. But I understand where you're going with that because actually, yes, in the moment, it seems like it is one-to-one. So I like that. Yeah. But but because, for example, you're not doing an online launch and looking to get, say, 100 people taking your course, you know, remotely and digitally, then it's not an operational excellent model. It's an intimate group gathering of six people. To, to have a very personal experience that culminates in a, a Facebook Live. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Great. So here's some sort of background. So the depending, so let's say that you are a product, want to get to industry excellence standards in product leadership yeah. and in customer yes. intimacy. Mm-hmm. If a, a business that's a product leader invests in everything looking top quality and the whole, yes. so apply it to your business all your course materials would look they would arrive with a beautifully presented folder you might even have yes. a leather bound i'm you know thinking off the top of my head a leather bound journal to start the year off as a gift for them you um the environment that they're in is a very um it, it's high it, it's not a bargain basement hotel it's you, high caliber it's a high throughout. caliber yeah, it's, a lovely bro. It's, a, it's a nice lunch that's provided um, that customer experience is great, but also then the quality of the way that you help them, maybe through the combination of your different tools that you have in your toolbox, the way the unique way that you put those tools together to address the problem and create the result is leading in the marketplace. Yeah. Customer intimacy, you want to be thinking about how can their customer experience be blow their mind right from the first interaction with you from the yes. moment when they first encounter the idea that you've been running the course whether it's through um listening to you talk about it on social media for stumbling across your web page listening to it on your podcast or you know this podcast or wherever through to when they arrive there on the day you know if they're coming by train mm-hmm. do you pick them up from the local train station in a in, in a in a chauffeur driven car you know it, it's something about um the experience needs to be outstandingly brilliant and oh um yeah. It's like exceeding expectations in all ways, isn't it? Yeah, there's a thing that uh, comes to my mind here about they, what what are the critical non-essentials that will really blow their mind away. So it could be yeah. that you find out beforehand little things that you know, you know that one of the group loves a cappuccino but with almond milk, and somebody else likes, uh, I don't know, a mac, a, a green tea, and it, so you've got just their favourite drinks there that they like, for example. Yeah. Um, it might well be that. No, another great thing that can make a, 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 a massive difference in that customer experience is uh, the, the last time I changed my car, I went to, to the Audi dealership and uh, got my car and there was a little Audi teddy bear strapped into the back seat. And oh. at the time, I only had one uh, of, of, of my little boys at that stage. And he was so excited when they were doing the handover and showing around the car, Audi bear was in the back seat. You know, we'll probably go back there because he wants to get another Audi bear. And um, yeah. that's the whole point, that little thing that would have cost them cost price less than £10 that they did that to create a special experience. So what are the little critical non-essentials that could just blow people away by way of their customer experience? You know about their dietary requirements and maybe there's an, you know, there's, there's that, that particular diet. So you, you, you find a way of really looking after them in terms of their own favorite meals or dietary, dietary requirements. Yeah. 
because in this day and age, it's not enough just to go and and have a good call and a good product in the marketplace. It's got to be remarkable. People need to be able to remark about it. I also think that because we have such busy lives and everything is 24-7 and everything is online, there's so many upsides to that. But the downside to that is it can sometimes seem very impersonal. And what you're talking about here is making things exponentially personal. So you feel important. You feel like you're taken care of. You feel like that company cares about you. Um, and and the, inevitably that will set you apart from your competitors. So I like that a lot. So like a number of them, depending on how far they got to, to, to travel, because um, Devon's not commutable for everybody in the UK. <laughs> beautiful, but quite far away. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. And Brixham in particular is beautiful. So um, it's not it's not commutable for everybody. So some people will be arriving the night before um, mm-hmm. and they'll be staying locally overnight. What could you do, say, have waiting for them in their hotel room that would set the scene and be personal to them that would help get them prepared and in the right frame of mind for the following day's program with you? Mm, love it. So go on, let's this brainstorm. Cool. What, 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 what? Oh, okay, sorry. So um, ideas. Um, actually, I quite liked the idea that you already mentioned. So bearing in mind of the context of why people would actually come to this in the first place. Um, so first of all, probably chocolate. Um, okay. Good quality chocolate. That's like that's always a good, <laughs> feel, a good factor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I also quite like the idea of having the journal. Hmm um because this is transformational for a lot of people this is taking them from where they are and shifting them to a whole new place of where they've always wanted to be but they're going to lose so how's this um, fun a idea? lot of the yeah lose a lot of the things that have been holding them back and having that journal to be able to like this is where i was and this is where i now am so I, I like that a lot you've done up here haven't you you've, you've yeah yeah done loads of it right i thought you had so for six people you could do this how yeah. about a personally recorded little hypnosis track for each of your delegates. So you've done a questionnaire, yeah. you've done a Q&A, you've done a bit of a Zoom call with them beforehand to find out what are some of those blocks. So as they are sitting back and enjoying the view, munching on their chocolates or, 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 or <laughs> their herbal tea or whatever. Listening whatever. to the wonderful song of the seagulls. The so- wonderful song of the sea- seagulls <laughs> and the dulcet tones of Tracy Cornelius. You're um, programming them positively about how good they're going to feel at the end of the following day when they've done their Facebook Live and they felt that that was a lot easier than they expected and how much more confident. So you are painting the picture in their mind of how effective the next 24 hours is going to be for them, including a deep and great night's sleep. Love it. Very, very good. So they go into the room and there on the end of the bed is a, um, whether it's a little MP3 player that's downloaded or you've found a mechanism, you know, some of the conversation about how you get them to be able to listen to it. But there's a a downloadable uh, um program or for their phone or something but there's a there's a hypnosis track that they can they can immediately use plus a journal and a bow around it or something and they think wow i'm being looked after right from the get-go yeah absolutely i think that's i think that's very very cool um i love the personalized hypnosis um 
I think that's going to be a great asset to them. And it, and it, again, it's it, it's extending from that personalization, isn't it? And the work's already Making started. Them really feel. You, you've already future paced them in terms of the results that you want by the end of the, the 24 hours. So you've already started your work uh, in a very conducive environment for them to be able to do that. So what we've been talking about. And it about, helps to reframe it, doesn't it, as well? Oh, for sure. Because they're going to be quite nervous before they come. Well, you. They're, they've put themselves into a place of being uncomfortable for even putting their hand up to do the programme. So it's something that exactly. they know they need to do, but they're not really wanting to rush out there and do that. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I like the fact of making them feel a little bit better. And, you know, and it's like mentally, uh, mindset wise, that type of stuff. And who knows in your hypnosis track, you could uh, play, you could tell a story along the lines of the hero's journey and you cast them to be the hero of their own journey. And you're mm. pre warning them and future pacing them their emotional roller coaster they're going to start to go through the next day when you say, right, by the end of today, were you going to be doing a. <gasps> Do you know what? By the yeah. end of today, and then you've taken them through that, you know, that whole hero's journey stuff to the point where they they come out the other end of Victor, and then also back in their day to day world and lives, what's the impact going to be on their business, on their connection exactly. with uh, etc. Yeah. So Perfect. we were zoning in there on the customer intimacy element of the values discipline model. I want to just mm-hmm. go back to the other uh, axis, which was the product leadership. In yes. terms of your, what what else could we do or what else could you do to make your program amazing and good in terms of its quality? Now, I'm not talking about custom service. I'm talking about the interventions that you would do over the course of that 24-hour period. Yeah, I think one of the reasons why it does stand apart already is the fact that you have got the elements of being able to overcome the fears. So you already mentioned about NLP. It is about using the NLP, that reframing, but also the EFT to overcome any self-sabotaging behavior patterns that have been recurring in their life. Not many people do that in the context of learning another skill. It's either you go to that um, and you have that area of your life or you go to a visibility workshop and you just work on uh, being a little bit visible actually releasing some of those emotional blockages is just so transformational for the people attending that that in itself elevates the product leadership in comparison to a lot of things on the market Uh, so uh, that's definitely one way and the reality is unless they address that stuff no matter how many techniques in terms of what it's like to be in front of a camera what content they share how they prep for it none of that will get done unless you overcome the inner stuff first absolutely you always self-sabotage it and and here's the thing most people who when when they hear about that when they hear about self-sabotage and when they hear about the fact that we get in our own way they kind of think oh yeah that doesn't really happen to me because it's not like it comes out in this neon light it's not like hello i'm the self-sabotaging behavior (laughs) it happens so subconsciously that we don't realize that we're doing it um, unless you come to somebody like us and we kind of put the mirror in front of you and go, by the way, did you <laughs> did you recognize that this is actually a self-sabotaging behavior? It's stopping you from doing that. Um, and then they're like, oh, yeah, now I kind of get that. Um, <clears throat> so you're quite right. Um, and it's such a huge part, such a huge part. Uh, and, and, and the beauty and the genius about what you'd really be doing in that 24 hours uh, is using the vehicle of a Facebook Live would address in the confidence issues that stops them putting themselves out there to build their personal brand and help to take their scale their yeah. business. 
Yeah, absolutely. And this is one of the other reasons why it's got a very distinct outcome and um, a very succinct one. And that's because also when we think about self-sabotaging behaviours, when we think about the, the recurring patterns, we can often also trick ourselves. Our brain is extremely clever and we go, oh, no, 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 it's OK. I've got over that bit now. And then you go, OK, right, we're going to go and do the live. And then suddenly all of those feelings still come up. There can be layers for people. And I'm all for getting really deep down into the layers. Um, and that's what they'll have the opportunity of being able to to experience and overcome throughout that workshop. Wow. So when it comes to writing copy and yep. um, your sales messaging now, yes, you can orientate that around what are the things that you're going to be doing to keep the, the product leadership piece we just talked about in terms of the different interventions yep. that you're going to be doing, the experience that they're going to get, and then the how they're going to be treated over that 24-hour period. Yeah. I love that. So they go, wow, I'm really going to be looked after and made to feel comfortable in one area when I'm stretching myself into somewhere I am not comfortable in another aspect. Absolutely. You know, um, you're probably aware of this in in yourself, the the times when things get too overwhelming and too much is always when you've got three things that are pushing buttons all at the same time. Hmm. So if you can alleviate one aspect for somebody then the scary part is still scary but it's not as bad if they're experiencing multiple uh, pain points at the same time and especially when it gets to about three that's when it gets really overwhelming and you just want to bolt (laughs) rather than deal so um you've kind of yeah absolutely so within the model that you've just brought up you've really kind of pinpointed about how important that is because yes, or inadvertently by you. So, so j- just by way of explanation, th- this is for me is what a model can do. It's a lens to help you give a distinction. So there's another benefit there. You tell a story about those three things around buttons. We've taken care of one of the one potential area of I'm in a different place. I'm in an unfamiliar thing. I'm in a hotel in my room, left alone with my thoughts, worried about tomorrow. And you've addressed that bit in terms of what we've already talked about. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it is. It's really, 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 really important. All good. Um, I'm loving the fact that you've also brought this around to the copy because I know that um, this is an area that it's not my strongest area. Copy is not my strongest point. I'm much. It's much easier for me to talk through a situation, and I kind of get what I call writer's block when I have to then put that into words. And I know that part of that is also my. Um, limiting beliefs and what have you but I go to do that and then suddenly have the but I can't do it (laughs) um Um, so your model helps with that uh, but we've also written some of the copy in this conversation exactly um and this is like a mindset shift isn't it this is I genuinely do this now I tend to talk and then go back and transcribe and take my wording oh my god did I just say that that was gold (laughs) yeah exactly you often like well I don't know if you do like I go back and listen to my stuff I go oh I really do know what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because that is an area for me um, that is a weaker part or I perceive it to be a weaker part. So, yeah, so I think that that's a really important part. And also I think that's going to resonate with a lot of people because I know that, again, it's an area that we tend to struggle with. Whereas if you've got a model to follow, like the one you've just given, especially about product leadership, where you think about that, you're suddenly like, oh, actually, I've got a, a focus now. And so because I've got a focus, then the wording can just flow. And, of course, the more you think about this, uh, you know, after this conversation, the more you're going to come up with ideas to improve the, the product leadership aspect and the customer intimacy aspect. 
to yeah. the point that it will it will become remarkable. People will be able to remark about it to others. So you'll, yeah. you 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 will become oversubscribed for your next program, and you know one after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love. I I really love this. Um, I, I I'm I'm loving your process. Okay, so, um. From what we've covered so far in this conversation, you know, what have been the key distinctions for you? What what jumps out to uh, what what's been really helpful for you? Uh, well, it's so cliche to say, oh, it's everything, but genuinely, it really is. I really like the model that you've used. I like the idea of the product leadership, um, uh, the customer. I'm going to call it customer excellence, um, and like beyond. Um, that's actually that's not a model that I've used in my coaching uh, practice. I really like that. You may find that I'll be stealing that for a number of my yeah, well, I, <laughs> my I, 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 You do that, um, yeah. I'll, I'll send you. I'll send you the uh, the graphic, the image of it. But yeah, Tracy T R E A C Y Weismer W I E R S M A. If I've spelled that correctly, are the two um, kind of Harvard Business School uh, professors who did the research and came up with the values discipline model. And it's it's great. I, I, I use it in bigger corporates. I use it in high growth businesses. Actually, that's the first time I've applied it to um, a training course, to be honest. But um, yeah. I, I, I find it, it, it can it, it can really share, shed light on. So for example, if you wanted, it, it, puts where you, it depends on the kind of people you employ and the where you mm-hmm. put your investment, reinvestment. So an operational yeah. excellent people business is going to uh, invest in their supply chain. So like yeah. Amazon invested in their own ships and their own planes, et cetera. It's going to be drones in the future, you know. Um, whereas um, a, a bespoke jewelry, high-level jewelry store will invest in a whole customer experience and people are amazing at customer service. If we're an operationally excellent business, if we see you don't necessarily need to be amazing at customer service, people just want it now and they want it on the doorstep or cheap, yeah. as cheap as possible. Um, so just so that we sort of time frame this, another area is mm-hmm. that when this grows, yes. you've got a decision point to make. Are you going to keep this as a an intimate experience for six or is yeah. there a way of scaling that where you might have a larger group with multiple um little group of six within yeah, one room. Yeah, absolutely. And this is, and I'm so glad that you brought this up because this is why everything is, um, your beginning stages are a testing stage because one, what you're looking for, or what I'm looking for, to put this into context for me, what I'm looking for is patterns. I look for patterns in everything. So what are the commonalities? What are the similarities? What if I... What have I not done well? That's the that's one of the very first areas that I'll also reflect on. What could I have done better? What would have made the sit like so a bit going back to that customer focus? What would have made somebody feel more comfortable? What should I have covered? What did they feel that I didn't cover that they would have liked to have covered? And this is where you can often find that sometimes your one day course then turns into a two. <laughs> um, because this is where you find the void. And for me, that's really important. Once we get past that stage, so once we've done the one day a couple of times, collated all of that um, information, all of the analytics, that's when I look to grow and scale it. And that's when I think, right, okay. So going back to the, what do we need as the workbooks? Right, if I'm going to have more people into the event, would that work with just me and 25 people? Hmm. Is that going to work with me 
25 people and maybe two people helping so that we've got like little um, groups that they can go into then can that work if we were to make that on a bigger scale and that's like 50 to 100 people do you see what I mean you you, you're taking you're almost finding the model within the actual program sure you look at that you're constantly doing it and you're stress testing it but when you're stress testing it you're looking and going right okay stress test it in the way it currently is right that's where the bottlenecks are going to be. Okay, can you put something in place so that the bottlenecks don't happen? Yes, in this case, we can. Great. Okay, then that's the resolution for that. Can we do it in that one? No, that's not going to work. Like, for example, a number of people have said to me, are oh, you going to do this online? Until I've stress tested this in front of people, I'm not going to know whether I'm going to be able to do this online. Because am I going to achieve that level of intimacy to help that person overcome whatever blockage that they have? Right. Or while I'm stress testing this, am I going to find that there's like five or six areas that just keep coming up? And if I've resolved those six areas, it resolves all others. There can be an online course as well. Yeah, Do you see what I mean? Absolutely. But until I've tested, right. yeah, so, <laughs> the testing phase is really important. It's critical for the, for the launch of any product. Um, yeah. So stage five uh, of a six-step model strategy compass is around capability, capability to scale. And yeah. I have a mnemonic, which is scale, which is systems. If you if you if you want to be able to scale your business, you need to get your systems right. C's around yeah. cash, you can work in capital cash flow. A's around advance, it's always be innovating. L is leadership and culture as you grow yeah. a business, and E is personal effectiveness. Now, what we've already been starting to talk about here is the system, as in yeah. how what's the delivery mechanism if you were going to get a root. 12 people, 24 people, 48 people, whatever in the room. Um, yeah. We're also thinking about, with the mind on, a view on to scaling, what collateral or assets do you need to capture when you're doing the original course? So you're getting some video testimonials, for example. You're making yeah. it easy for people to refer you and to remark about how remarkable your program is. So yeah. you're thinking about some systems now to book you in a better place in order to be able to scale going forward. Yeah, one of the things I really, and this is, um, you know, when you tend to think about your product, and then you also think about where you ideally want it to be in the future. And I know for this particular workshop, ideally in the future, and I've already done some research on this, I really also want everybody to be able to walk away with their company introduction video done. Ooh, okay. I know. <clears throat> um, so that they not only have overcome the fear or got comfortable being uncomfortable to go and do the lives, but they've also got a tangible product that they go away from that's going to help to grow and scale their business as well in a professional manner. Um, and I'm really, really keen on doing that. But I also know <laughs> that I have to stress test what I want to do first. Yeah, um, no, that, I've that's been phase very, two possibly. <clears throat> yeah I've I've in the past and this is something that I've learned we've spoken a little bit about this before about me being um I was very revolutionary in my businesses before if something didn't work I'd go and do the opposite and now I'm very evolutionary but one of the other flaws that I've had is that I can move very very quickly because I am the ideas person I get very passionate about that whereas now I go right okay like you do phase one, <laughs> phase two, because if you try and rush it and do it all in one, yeah. you actually don't do a very good job. There's, and then that's, that's, there's that's not, time, not great. There's not time in this conversation to talk about it, but there's a, have you come across wealth dynamics and talent dynamics? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. you're evidently a creator uh, out of all those yes. different roles. So in terms of when you get to that systemization piece and the rollout of that systemization, you need what 
day class has been a lord in order to be able to put the, to, to drive through and not operate those systems and maybe a mechanic to constantly improve those systems but you're the yeah. one that's coming up but at creators are great for product leadership you talked about product leadership business absolutely you're, you're in the right place because you've got the ideas to keep it keep it a leading edge the other thing i love about that it- sorry go on yeah, there's another one. I don't know if you've come across. I've I've only come across this recently. It's called Rocket Fuel. Oh no, no. And they talk that. about visionary and instigators. Um, and I'd be the visionary. That's the person that comes up with the ideas, but that you need to have the instigator, which is the person that then puts everything into practice. Right. And when I when I heard this book because it was on audio, I was kind of like, oh, and you kind of have that moment. Because sometimes we fall into the trap of trying to be all things at all times. Of course, we're not. So, <laughs> yeah, if you've not had that one, I highly recommend it. So what was the book called again? Called Rocket Fuel. Oh, right. I'm going to look for that. Okay. Yeah. So uh, just by, sort of by way of summary, so what are you going to go yes. away and do uh, from this conversation? Okay. So first of all, I really like the idea of um, making this like the ultimate experience. So what I'm going to set about is what I would do for people if they are arriving the day before, but also even going to how they're going to come into the workshop. So I'm going to go above and beyond. I'm going to write a whole list. Love it. You can see the creativity is now flowing. (laughs) Um, I also really like the idea of like the product leadership. So I want to be thinking about that of what I can obtain or what I can achieve even right from the start. But then what's also the main aim? So when I'm doing my reflective part and my analysis, I'm going to have in mind of being the product leader of that, of like how that can improve at all times. I really enjoyed those. thought they were really good. Great. So um, what we wanted to achieve with this conversation was just a, a bit of a demonstration around uh, – one area in particular and one model of one area of the five six steps of the strategy compass and this is applicable as i've said to companies of all sizes and um it's sort of industry agnostic you know it can be applied in a manufacturing organization you know a pharmaceutical organization uh, service delivery um service business you know across many and and it just provides the clarity so if you yeah. know you're a product leadership business, you're going to be all about R&D and all about people that are creative that, that, that are going to come up with the new ideas and the delivery of that. If you're an operationally excellent business, you're going to be about lowest cost delivery and you're going to make sure that your systems are really effective and efficient and your logistics are really good. And if you're a customer intimate business, you're going to be all over customer service and bespoking a customer service. Um, yeah. And when you've got that level of clarity, it also understands like, your business model. So if you're, if you're an operationally excellent business, low margin, high volume. If you're a <coughs> customer intimate business, high margin, low volume. And so yeah. it helps to answer some of these conundrums and helps you to structure your business very clearly once you've got the distinction, what kind of a business am I? Yeah, I love this. This has been really awesome. Um, I think this is also going to be really great for the listeners. It's it's so important to see that there are all different ways um, of dealing with businesses. I, I love, I'm a bit of a, a junkie when it comes to new knowledge anyway, but this is also why I believe it's so important for coaches to have coaches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and I really appreciate you taking the time and sharing this. And hopefully people have got some really good information from this. And if you want to get the whole six-step system, then get in touch with Gavin. He's going to be able to really help you to really nail down exactly what it is that you're trying to achieve within your company. And um, I'm looking forward to putting this into practice. And obviously, I'm going to come back again so that we can do the rest. Look forward to it. (laughs) 
Thank you, Tracy. You've been listening to the Business Mastermind Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms, enjoy more success, and create more impact. <laughs>